Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Belated Box Office Podcast, hosted by myself, Jeff, and my co-host, Pat. We uh, talk about movies filling in our gaps in our movie resume viewing, and we have zero business critiquing films, but we just keep doing it. Nobody has stopped us yet. So, Pat, why don't well, you They're not me? powerful enough. <laughs> That's the problem. You can't stop this train. I'm telling you, we picked up too much speed. <laughs> All right, Pat, why don't you tell everyone what we shouldn't be critiquing this week? So this week, we watched a movie called Willow. It was released in 1988 by MGM Studios, starring Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, Joanne Wally, Billy Barty, and Gene Marsh. It was written by George Lucas and Bob Dolman, and directed by Ron Howard. Turn page, address audience... Uh, Exit so, stage left. <laughs> so this movie follows the uh, title character, Willow, who is a farmer and aspiring sorcerer uh, of a diminutive race of people uh, known as the Nelwyn. Um, so Willow's family finds a baby of the, the, large, uh, the large people race, they refer to as Daikini, uh, who's been abandoned in the woods. Um, and we know this is because, uh, queen, the evil queen, Bavmoda, Bavmorda, mm. fun fantasy names, man. I love right. them. They're always good. Queen Bavmorda, uh, tried to have this baby killed, uh, because of a prophecy, uh, that indicated she would bring about her downfall. Um, now upon learning this, uh, Willow needs to protect his village from the wrath of the evil queen. So he takes the baby on a quest to deliver her to safety among her people along with a Daikini rogue by the name of Mad Mardigan, uh, the queen's daughter, Sorsha, and a uh, powerful sorceress uh, named Finn Raziel, who is, uh, when we first meet her, she is trapped in animal form. So after learning uh, some of the basics of sorcery and incantations, uh, uh, Willow is able to free Finn Raziel from her cursed form. Uh, Mad Mardigan and a group of mercenaries attack the fortress while Willow and Finn Raziel uh, use their sorcery uh, to rescue uh, the baby. Uh, I, I have here, I wrote these out of order. It says the baby's abducted by the queen's forces and taken to a castle to be ritualistically killed. Of course, that happened before. Uh, pretend, pretend I said that in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they, uh, they uh, rescue the baby, defeat the queen, uh, and somehow turn her into a cloud of red magic, whatever mist stuff, and, and save the day. And they all go home and, and have a great time. It was the yeah. end. Thank it you was, for listening. It was a condensed version of Lord of the Rings with half the characters, I guess. <laughs> that was I, a bad well, analogy. Was, that was a really bad analogy, but it was it was the worst. It was, it was... <laughs> I'm not yeah, gonna lie, fine. man. So like my experience with this movie is I, I saw this when I was a lot younger, and it was like a family movie night kind of deal, so... Okay. It, it stuck. Uh, and I've seen it twice in the past three years. I don't know, it was... it was it, it, Nostalgia. Nostalgia hit pretty good. But uh, I'm interested to see what you think about it, because this was your first time, correct? Totally was my first time. It uh, it was one that just kind of escaped me. Never uh, Never really knew about it. When I was a kid, um, I'd heard about it here and there, but yeah, I'd never watched it before. Uh, this is definitely a movie that uh, I think you need some nostalgia uh, for it to really hit the spot. Um, 
yeah, I'll get in. I'll save my my judgments. But uh, but yeah, I'm coming at it from a different standpoint. No nostalgia here from me. Although this is uh, as as you know, of course, this is a, a genre that I'm 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 really into. Mm-hmm. Love epic fantasy, D and D, Lord of the Rings, all that good stuff. Um, this seems like it would play really well as like a kids' family movie in the '80s. So, um, I think it had a lot going for it at the time. Yeah, I can agree. And it's something I'm receptive, so I feel like I'll be able to give it a fairly fair assessment. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it's not completely biased right off the hop. Up but fair. Uh, you know me. Speaking of epic fantasy, I feel like this was probably one of the... Well, this seemed to be a very profitable um, film itself, right? So the genre, I feel like, was kind of making a breakthrough at this point in time in big, big, big films. Uh, the budget was $35 million. It ended up box-officing $137.6 million worldwide. So for 1988, that's that's big dollars, right? And uh, budget to box office is a pretty good return. Sure. I'm trying to think if there were any other major fantasy films that were out at that point in time. Like with this genre specifically, right? Like this kind of like mystical, elven, different I don't know about kind of big DVD ones. Um, other than I guess like uh, The Princess Bride um, was like the year before, so really close and... Mm-hmm. similar this one's more heavy on the the magic and fairies and other races and stuff but mm-hmm. still you got your your kind of fairy tale inspired fantasy i would um, i would akin this a little bit more to like more of a graphic version you know what i mean like the princess oh, yeah. bride was pg i believe this movie was rated pg as well but like it when you it's compare a hard the PG. two it's yeah it's yeah. borderline right <laughs> So, oh, totally. Well, so, it was a different time. Yeah, kids kids' movies could have some teeth to them back then. Yeah, a little bit of bite, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Put put hair on their chests. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, It was, it, I don't know. So it, it did really well. And it's funny that uh, it wasn't even that poorly received. Like, I, I guess for the time, and, and I, it still stood the test of time in terms of the audience. I'm sure a lot of their ratings that I'm, I've got here uh, speak more to the nostalgia factor. Oh, yeah? The inter- internet wasn't really a household thing in 1988, but uh, IMDb overall, 72. Rotten Tomatoes audience score gave it a 79, while the critics shit on it with a 51, which is, it's a pass, but it, it seemed harsh. Uh, Metacritic, That's pretty harsh. Metacritic was even worse with a 77 for the audience, so a little bit lower than Rotten Tomatoes, but the critics gave it a 47. Oh yeah, that's not it's not great. No, it's not great. It's not great. Um, and I'm not really sure where it came from, right? Like this is a George Lucas film, basically. George so, Lucas written. Right? So like I wonder if they were just expecting more. Yeah, I Do mean, you know he what was I mean? Coming, uh, he was he was definitely on a high. Um was this like the first big thing he did after Star Wars? Oh, but I think it was the biggest thing he did after that, but I mean, like, I don't know, there might have been an Indiana Jones in there. Might have been, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, all the, I think all the Indiana Jones, at least two of them, mm-hmm. uh, came before this. Silly, silly me. But I mean, at the same time, it's just like, if you're branching out, like, you know, it was just really poorly received. Like, you almost wonder if it kind of slowed him from branching out into different things. Because, in my opinion, this was not, this was not a fifty-one or a failing grade movie. Like, it wasn't the best, it wasn't a masterpiece, I would agree with that, but it was, it deserved a little more respect than that, you know? 
Yeah, I think, it, and I, I'm I'm surprised it didn't play better at the at the time, right? Because I think it's it feels very much a product of his time, like mm-hmm. some some like budget cheesy '80s thing. This is this is a very '80s feeling movie. Oh yeah, um, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I don't know. Fantasy films just have a tough go. Like I said, me being a fan of the the genre and like all its forms, it's it's tough as far as movies go. Like mm-hmm. if you like fantasy. The video games are awesome. The oh, yeah. books, the books are awesome. The yeah. movies, there's not much. You know, like it's the funny. Lord of the Rings trilogy is really, really good, and then the yeah. rest of them are like passable at best. But there's not a lot, not a lot going on. No, absolutely. You know what? I really agree with that video game point, and uh, I feel like they tried to capitalize a bit on this movie. I, I, I looked it up earlier, and it was saying that uh, what do they have? The NES had a an RPG called Willow. It was on, uh, what it? it was on three platforms essentially. Like there was an arcade version of this, there was a home version of this, and there was, uh, I think they made a spin off with a SNES game, but they tried to capitalize, right? But I mean, it's hard. I think it's better to go from video game to movie than it is to go from movie to video game. You get a little more content, right? A little more free will. I think one of the things this this movie does well, like I think I think it nails a lot of stuff that of the genre well. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my opinion on this movie is like really divided because I think it's got like a lot of hills and valleys, like a lot of stuff they do really well, a lot of stuff they miss the mark and they really fucked up. Okay, um, I think it it understands the genre well, mm-hmm. uh, does some really good world building, I think, which is yeah. like George Lucas. That's George Lucas's thing. You know what I mean? Like he's not great at writing dialogue or like directing actors or anything, but he can build a fucking universe to play in with the best of them man and we've seen that time and time again you know what i mean it i mean yeah the star wars universe keeps getting bigger and he like he's not even involved in it yeah but like he opened you the know doors to that kind of possibility right oh yeah because he he makes great settings like big ideas and he lays down big ideas that like other great writers and filmmakers can play in like i'm surprised there weren't more willow spinoffs because like this world seems like an interesting world I was going to say, do you think he just walks into boardrooms fucking bow-legged, big dick swinging? Like, I got a huge fucking idea, but you guys have to execute it. Oh, man, he had, like, binders of lore and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, and and see, this country is at war with this other country because of, uh, this is my George Lucas voice. This, uh, and, and here's a history that goes back 67 years and like, yeah, yeah, but what's, like what's the movie going to look like? He's like, Oh, I'm not even there yet. Like, no, we're going to cover that after lunch. That's, that's <laughs> chapter three in book eight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Before you even get to like the main character's name. Yeah. It's like a George no, R. R. Martin. That's where he got his style from right there. We're going to talk about the, the wars that his grandfather's grandfather lived through. It's all about so context, just... man. Cause you can't sell a good story without the seven stories behind it. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he puts the work in. He puts the work in at building worlds, and he's good at it. And uh, also, the I I like the characters in this movie too. Can we get into like talking about like kind of specify what we like? Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, let's hit it. Because I'm interested to talk about what I I like in this movie. I like the characters, especially mm-hmm. Willow. Yeah, I think is a I I liked his whole story, his mm-hmm. whole arc with him wanting to be. He was like a stage magician. Yeah, um, and. Uh, and uh wanted to be a sorcerer and um you saw where he came from in his little village and like 
following him through the whole thing was a lot of fun. Oh, I like the other characters too. I like how, yeah. uh, you know, the like Val Kilmer and then the Queen's daughter and stuff, and the when they're all together, it's like the, these characters were a great D and D party. It was because it really was like, short, right? Like it were small. It was like a really close knit group, and they happened to fend off hordes of enemies. It seemed like, right? Yeah, totally. That was it's, great. Uh, yeah, it was good. I like the way the characters work together. I didn't expect to like it that much. The one exception being those fucking little brownies. You those didn't like little them, right? fairy dudes, including the guy who falls in love with the cat. Those motherfuckers needed to get all the way out of this movie. Like I, <laughs> like they should have been cut out of the first draft. It's a... Un- unbelievable. They're like, you know what this all... movie needs? Little people. And George Lucas is like, no, no, no. Not only that, we need little little people. It's like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing about them that works. There's absolutely nothing about them that works. One of them is played by Kevin Pollock. I don't know who the other guy is. But they're talking in this, like, they, they like, mod their voices to be, like, really high-pitched, like, squeaky helium balloon as, voices. Yeah, it's as annoying as really fuck. Tiny. Unnecessary, really. They, it's a fantasy All their movie. jokes are annoying as fuck. They're, like, like, an inch tall, walking around, like, interacting with everybody. So it's, like, this terrible, like budget 80s blue screen mm-hmm. uh technology the set like similar to the quality we saw in labyrinth you know another what another movie that we did i gotta stop you right there as bad as it was it wasn't the worst i do have to say it that was, like it was very it was pretty blatant, but like it was, it was pretty bad it didn't completely interrupt the flow you weren't like jesus christ what are these where are they going you know what i mean they weren't floating like it was for the time and the well, technology, I'll give it that it was. It just it looked was they looked so grainy and like their color was off compared to the red. It looked kind of gross. I hated it. Fair I enough. hated those guys. They didn't do anything to affect the plot that couldn't have been handled easier some other some other way. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And I was like, say the only like, plot, plot device they really had was slipping Mad Mardigan the the love potion that set which could have been anything. It literally there could have been. Yeah. yeah, there could have been some like old witch sitting at the next table in the in the in the bar at that scene. You could have you never see her like here a, from oh, her. like the third moon, and she spills planet. it, and she's like, "Oh, oops!" And like, <laughs> you, with fantasy, you have a lot of uh, freedom to decide yeah. how you want things to happen, and it didn't need to happen like that. I would agree. I feel like they added an element of being unnecessary, but like filler, I suppose. Oh, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. did they not it, help? It, it, I think they helped them one time, like in a big way. They like, didn't need it. It's it was it could unneeded have, it could, filler. It, like right, so I would agree. It could have been done multiple different ways by eliminating those characters. And like the fairy that shows up, the fairy queen or whatever it is that shows up. That's like I think she's like is she like a god that they worship or what's her deal? Like I totally meant she basically just shows up and tells Willow the plot. It's like Willow, this baby's name is whatever the fuck, and she's prophesied to kill the queen. So <laughs> and the mad, right? you know, the rule of the mad tyrant queen, yeah. That's which is like that. Like I think every every DM has like done a cheap thing like that. It's like I'm just gonna throw in this angel that shows up and tells everybody what the game's about. Yeah, kind of gives you a <laughs> when you don't know how right? else to do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I do want to say like this was it. It felt like such a classic good versus evil quest. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like any if you follow it's it's textbook RPG quest, right? So for me, like looking back, especially after playing a lot of RPGs now. Love love that aspect, man. They did a really good job. I would agree, 80s, cheesy. There were some parts, like especially when Madame Artigan rolls down the hill after they're going down the sled. And he, he's yep. it's basically just a dummy rolled up in a, a round hay, hay bale. 
that they probably threw some snow on. And he just yeah, runs into the, the window. The ridiculous snowball. <laughs> and of course, yeah. he's right dead center. It was. I that feel like even for the laugh. time, yeah. I feel like even for the time, these effects are not good. Like the like, effects yeah. don't age well. That's that's one of my other big gripes with the movie. It's the brownies, and it's that. <laughs> Fair enough, man. I was going to say the like, main one, thing. One thing to consider is like being a PG film with teeth. You wonder if mm -hmm. they had to add in things that look cheesy to make it more PG. Do you know what I mean? Cause I, I, like, I wonder how much rating plays into the stories they want to tell, especially when it comes to producers, right? Like, well, we reach a broader audience with a PG film as opposed to a 14A or R rating. I mean, film, I, right? I get your point, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it explains okay. away. I, obviously, they're thinking about that kind of thing, right? But I don't mm -hmm. think it explains away the bad effects. I don't think they were just like, let's make the, the effects bad. Oh no! So it sorry. Gets a but I meant like the addition of the brownies. So kids yeah. Can see it. yeah, sorry. I meant like the addition of the brownies, not the quality that they looked like on the screen. Um, you know uh, I mean? uh, man, like yeah, then then maybe then, yeah. then maybe I'll give you that. But I, I'm yeah. not convinced. Fair enough. I think it's just fucking George Lucas and whatever the the same like the same propensity like whatever had him write Jar Jar Binks into Star Wars. It's okay. the basically the the same uh, the same kind of instinct that made him add these brownies to the fucking script. <laughs> I think like, he gotta have this funny goofy character, man. You gotta have a niche. I, character. I think he's probably not a funny person. You know what I mean? And he's like, I gotta have something funny in this kid's movie, so I'm gonna make a a silly, annoying person that follows people around and and com makes dumb comments. And it's like George, that's not actually funny. And he's like. Okay, well, I'm George Lucas, so I'm doing it. And they're like, I was gonna say, he's, he's right. He just walks into the writer's room. He's like, I want to do something funny. Like, chart this character. I got this idea for a character. And he goes all through it. And like, everyone's just laughing. Exactly. At him, like, oh, he's the boss. Like, that's kind of just so oh, pretty much. On, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it ends up because like, and then, and then he gets uh, banished from his home on Gungan because he's too clumsy. And then he's going around the movie being clumsy. And the little kids will laugh. It's like, <laughs> they don't. Imagine he's laugh. just such a cynical fuck. He goes in and makes them write Jar Jar Binks, and he's like, who are the Jokers now, fuckers, when the movie's out? <laughs> he just, like, blames the writing staff. <laughs> Terrible. None of that was funny. Uh, I think George Lucas is probably a pretty decent guy, though. I think so. I don't I just know. Think he's I'd, like, I'd just like to pretend at kind least. Of a, kind of a dork, and he's like, we're gonna make it funny, but it's like he's he's, he's he just has no jokes. He's, he ain't got, he, so he's like, he I'm gonna make worlds, a, a character with a silly yeah. voice that I think kids are gonna like, but I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you know what? Oh, well. He, he, I want to bring this up. So before we get to, uh, anyway, it's, it got accolades, man. It got some oh, yeah, good yeah. ones. Got the some accolades. bad ones. It, it, it was not more nominations than than victories. But uh, we'll, we'll run through a couple of these. So the good accolades that it was nominated and or won. Um, and then two. we'll do the bad accolades and then the ugly accolades. Damn, I didn't write down ugly, but we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah, improvise, right? <laughs> two Academy nominate or Academy nominations: uh, sound effects editing, and you're gonna you're not gonna like this one. Uh, visual effects. So your boys no. the brownies. How? Right. Don't worry. Don't no. worry. They were just nominations. They lost. Ooh. <laughs> just nominations know. like being nominated is a big thing how many movies came out in 1988 and this was nominated i don't know but no nope. but you know what mm -mm. here's here's what it was up against too 
It lost both of those to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh good. Well, yeah, <laughs> that no, movie. I'm not, that movie I'm not, looks awesome. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, like, it's a, it was a tough year. They weren't <laughs> gonna win that year. You know what I mean? Well, no. <laughs> Uh, it did win a Saturn Award for Best Costume Design. Fantasy, okay. you know you know, I, I respect a lot of that. I didn't find the costumes to be over the top. I don't know why it would have won one of those. Maybe it was just a, the best of that year for costume design. There were some cool ideas. Like, I really like that skull, like that skull mask helmet. It was pretty, oh, bad. yeah, it was pretty yeah. badass, right? Especially when I was a kid seeing it for the first time. Like, holy shit, you know that's the bad guy because he's wearing skulls and bones and stuff. Yeah, there uh, was some stuff. It was pretty good. Uh, also, they nominated Warwick Davis for Best Performance by a Young Actor, but he lost to none other than legendary child star Fred Savage. Okay, for The Princess Bride? Probably. In the okay, thing, well... Yeah. Um, Alright. I mean, I like, bad, I like right? Warwick Davis a yeah. lot in this movie. I think that's a, a nomination that was more than earned. Yeah. Also... It's, yeah. Like, Warwick Davis is, like, 18 in this movie. Warwick Davis is... That's one thing I learned looking, doing a bit of research on this movie. He's way younger than I thought he was. Hmm. I thought that dude was, like... He's, like, in his early 50s now. I thought that dude would be in, like, his 80s by now. I oh, thought, he thought he was a lot older. Oh, you thought he was, like, 25, 30 when he would have cast this film? Like, yeah, he would have... Like, young adult, not... Well, now I'm thinking, like... Well, no, yeah, exactly, because he'd be, just mainly because he was in Return of the Jedi, right? And I was like, well, geez, like if now I'm thinking like he was like a kid, he like like what thirteen or fourteen at most when he was in Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Surprising. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder what kind of rapport he had with George Lucas. I wonder if that was one of the reasons he got to uh, to star in this film. Well, yeah, clearly. Yeah, but a uh, little bit of a workplace nostalgia. Uh, what's that? Nepotism. Well, we're at it. Here's my beef. I said I said Warwick Davis's name first, kind of out of respect, but he's second build in this movie behind Val Kilmer. I think Val Kilmer was what? the hot name to sell. Yeah, but he's Willow. You know what I mean? Like the it's... movie's named after him. It it starts and ends with him. It's about his story. Hold on. Here's here's a plot twist. Harry Potter, but they follow Ron Weasley the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Also featuring Warwick Davis, by the way. There you go, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this that really tied in well. That wasn't even planned, man. That was just that was just that's better to just, be, what you get at a belated box office. Yeah, better to be lucky than good, as I always say. Um, okay, it was nominated for two bad awards. Um, didn't win either, so it didn't come away with a lot of wins. But you don't really want to win these. So, worst screenplay. Worst screenplay. Yeah, it was nominated um, for the worst screenplay. Thoughts? <laughs> you know? Well, um, for the screenplay, yeah. So I think, like uh, like I said about George Lucas, he's good at the big picture stuff, the world building. I don't think he's quite as good at, you know, writing the nitty-gritty of the screenplay, like the story beats, definitely the dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, not, as, not as forte. I think this movie's paced poorly. Um, the st Like the story in broad strokes kind of works but it feels like it takes forever to get going. And then the middle chunk of the movie is the least interesting to me. I really like like the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes, but everything okay. in the middle, I was kind of bored to be honest. So yeah, I, I agree that the screenplay is definitely not without its flaws. You know what? And to go on that whole like classic quest of good versus evil and RPG feel, 
Mm-hmm. You almost you almost know exactly how it's going to end up, right? Like the character introduction yeah. was really well done. Uh, I think for all the characters, it was really well done. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like kind of in the middle, you're just kind of waiting for the climax, and maybe that's one I, of the drawbacks of having such a basic uh, story plot. I feel like there's a lot of mulling around um, before you really get into it. That feels like you're just kind of wasting time, kind of waiting for the story to get started. That makes the whole thing go kind of slow. Did you think, um, especially? Really? Well, this being a fantasy movie too, right? Like in your typical fantasy um, layout of a story, right? Is there's a, a a point called crossing the threshold, okay. which is when which is when like the main character, who's usually like an outsider of some kind, like a like guy who lives on a quiet farm, like Willow or Bilbo Baggins or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, they cr- cross the threshold. They go into like they go past what's familiar to them, and into like the world where there's lots of unpredictable magic, monsters and and creatures and stuff they've never seen before. And it gets like it really amps up. And okay. I feel like this movie really drags its feet getting there. Like the whole with like going kind of like down the road to where they run into Mad Mardigan. And then they waste a lot of time there. Then back, they go pretty much back to his like hometown before yeah. he finds out who the baby is. And then they spend time at that like little dingy tavern yeah. that still doesn't feel like it's far away from his home. And he's like just like farting around the roads like he grew up around for so long. And it's like, man, this is like an epic fantasy movie. Like you got George Lucas building this world. Show me the world. Like show. L- let me see him go to like a big city. Where he's like, yeah, wow, look I, at the size of that castle and shit. Like, right away, you know what I mean? I think considering like, they were already fucking nominated for visual effects, I think they played up the biggest cities they could with that final battle there. But I would agree. Yeah. You know, here's what felt familiar to me is probably the exact reasons you didn't like it. It's just fumbling around. That's that's how I usually get through RPGs at first. I'm like, okay, what am I <laughs> what am I doing here? Oh, there's a there's a bar. Let's get a beer. Uh, we'll oh, to be fair, me there, too. Right? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I spend longer on like the tutorial stage, and I'm like, well, let me let me look around for some secrets. Usually, you can. Yeah, there's always one it, secret right off the hop, right? Where you get like find extra an extra or something, something or other <laughs> before the quest gets going. Okay, fair enough. It but did. It did. Video games and movies movie. are different mediums, so True. doesn't True. translate as well. Interactive. I, I really when I'm, when I'm controlling the story, I like to fumble yeah. around. When I'm watching other people, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, I, I really just could have done with him, like, getting on the move a lot quicker. Okay, so let's get to the last bad accolade. It was Worst Supporting Actor. Uh, what's his name? Billy Barty as the High Aldwin. So the guy that's like, you must go, Willow, and the fuck, the town shaman. I don't know what you really call him. But the, the, the sorcerer. The priest. Yeah, the priest sorcerer guy. Not really much the, of a, uh, he's not the really, Nelwyn sorcerer. Yeah, he, he's, he wasn't really impressive. Especially when you compare him to other sorcerers we meet. I think he was good at the role that he played in the movie, but it was um, quite a, you know, a, a, a pretty scant part. <clears throat> Important Excuse part, me. you know, no small parts, just small actors, but also was that a, this was, was that a small a part. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. That, was... <laughs> that okay. <clears throat> that was a low blow. That was... <laughs> um... Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> It's an expression. It is, it is. But you know what? Have no fear, because Billy Barty was saved by none other than Canadian legend Dan Aykroyd in his terrible performance in Caddyshack 2. There was so, a Caddyshack 2. 
Exactly. <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd won an award for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Won a bad acting award. All right. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm at I'm at peace with that. It was yeah. That fits that fits into my worldview nicely already. So right? that's yeah. The... <laughs> not, I'm not breaking any thresholds here. This is nothing new to me. That's good. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, what were your hard no's? Besides the brownies, were there any like parts where you're just you just couldn't stand it? Um I mean the brownies were the one main offensive thing where I was like, these guys gotta go, man. If you're gonna fix this movie, cut them out entirely. The other stuff, it was not a question of like any certain things that I didn't like. It was just the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Um like I could have used them getting into some getting Willow into some unfamiliar territory sooner. So I knew things had really kicked off. Um, yeah, um, that's the main thing. Other than that, I just have my uh, my list of uh, random, uh, just just random points. Well, you know, I mean, you know me. Uh, the yeah. fact that he, uh, the fact that like he's like wanting to be a sorcerer this whole time, and then mm. in the end he basically defeats the evil sorceress with a fucking magic trick. With yeah, some multiple, multiple for some cool legere domain, right. oh hell yeah! Same reason I loved Wandavision too. They're talking mm. about the Scarlet Witch and all this shit. Meanwhile, Jimmy Woo's just like, I'm just gonna palm this phone real quick, nice and smooth, and call the FBI. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, there you go. There's real magic, not this fucking silly CGI witchcraft right? nonsense. I did kind of no, like, no, but it was really cool. Like the his his. His character arc, especially when it came to his magic abilities, really was was quite wonderful, man. I love when he threw great. the was it the acorn that turns people into yeah. stone, and it like actually started working. I was like, man, good for him. You know, he's he's finally getting there. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> it's such a feel. I mean, it didn't work out for him. He had to do other magic. Yeah, but uh, well, but it was really the, cool. The queen like, passed her saving throw. You know what I mean? So yeah, like everyone's giving him a hard time in the village. He throws on little tricks and then he, you know he makes a fool of himself with his first magic trick in town there and or one of his magic tricks at least and uh yeah full circle man showing people like you know what i can do whatever i could put my mind to yep pg theme. yeah it was great pg theme right there it, it was it, that, that kind of felt pretty good but um, here's the thing the prophecy was that the uh was that this little baby would be the undoing of the queen mm-hmm. but was she like Willow in was a the sense, one who... in the sense that the she was trying to chase down this baby, and then she formed a band of people that tried to stop her and brought her down. You could break it down like that, but I would agree with you. Like the queen was taken care of, and the baby is still a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've had a baby, and they ain't fucking taking down a kingdom. Like, <laughs> no, you think she's like gonna grow up to be some kind of leader or warrior, but no, she's just around, and everyone's like, "Well, this better go take care of that queen that's being mean to this baby." Yeah. <laughs> it's like. You can't hold the baby responsible for that. Um, yeah, they're playing real fast and loose with this prophecy. Like, w- would you have preferred an ending where it's like they sneak off to fucking hide and it's like almost like a to be continued and like let your imagination run? Like, do you think um, this would have worked out well if they had, say, made two movies out of it? And they had decided to be like, you know what? Like, they rescued the baby, but shit went south and now they're on the lamb. And then it's like 15 years later. And all of a sudden, they're no, thinking, no. No, I'm fine with it. like it doesn't bother me. I just thought yeah. it was a funny thought. Okay. But uh no, I am I am surprised this movie didn't get a sequel. I think it kind of like all things considered, I think it would have made a decent franchise, so you could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um kind of surprised it didn't, but I'm glad that it took the route of uh I guess for that reason, I'm glad it took the route of like 
let's tell the story, you know, beginning to end. You don't get that very often anymore because everything wants to spark, if not a franchise, a whole extended universe. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we did, you weren't here for it, but when we talked about Red Notice, I was basically like, this movie just, like, shit all over its own ending just to set up a sequel. Where, to the so far to the point that, like, Red Notice is not even a movie. Red yeah. Notice is just a build-up to whatever Red Notice 2 is going to be. It's like a giant trailer. It More or less, yeah, it doesn't have its own ending, so you can't really even call it a story, which means you can't really even call it a movie. Fair enough. And it's okay to have, like, a cliffhanger, you know what I mean? Like, for trilogies to set that kind of thing up, but still, like, you do have to meet the criteria of being called a... Your story has to have a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Okay. We know. Typically. We know this. Typically, we know this right? to be true. This movie, I didn't like the middle so much, but it has a beginning, middle, and end. That, it so did, I appreciate it did that. Crush, it, it crushed a lot of standard formulas, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So so many things were on point to the point where I guess it almost seemed basic, right? Like for you as a person who knows a lot about, you know, is big into this kind of stuff. At this point in time, I mean, there's been so many fantasy movies now that. You kind of just know where it's going. So maybe it was boring because you're like, okay, where's the climax? Where's the big thing? Especially when you look at films like Lord of the Rings where it's like, we're going to have a build-up for an hour and a bit, but then there's going to be like a two-hour fight scene. And you're like, this is what yeah. it's all been building to, right? The crescendo. Uh, so maybe this one yeah. just fell a little flat because it just didn't quite have that, right? I mean, they tried with that final battle and there was that one castle scene, but uh, I do have to tell you, in terms of storytelling, it was greenlit for a, a Disney TV series. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen rumblings about that. Yeah, so we're probably going to see something on Disney Plus about a, a Willow TV show. Yeah, and, fuck it, why yeah. not? <laughs> I mean, they're 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 doing redoing it. everything else. They're doing everything else. Why, why not, not Willow? Why not stop? Right. So go it, for it. Be, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like, right? I'm I'm curious. It it did pique my interest 100. Sure. Um. Sure. Why not? My favorite character was Kale, man. Just this badass dude who's like, I'm just going to do whatever the queen tells me. I'm going to put my mask on. I'm just going to go around town and smash people. Pretty badass yeah. character. I think uh, I think that was pretty cool, man. That's that's your classic evil fucking don't Henchman. give a fuck. The you dra- want me to kill people? I'll kill people. Yeah, exactly. Basically, it's like the guy who's like the... Basically, the main villain's just like, hey, you, get him. And they're just like, yeah. The attack dog. Like, the main villain's attack dog. Mm-hmm. I, I like that too. Yeah, that was that's always a that's always a fun character. I did like that. I gotta say, it was like that uh, whole Val Kilmer and uh, Joanne Wally, like that that connection. It was so weird, man. You know what I mean? Like that seemed rushed, like super rushed. Yeah. Like uh, I know there was a yeah. Love well, they potion literally involved, but used a love seemed... potion to just kind of yeah get it started right. <laughs> just get it in fo- like you know going from zero to sixty she right didn't away. Drink it. And he doesn't remember saying that shit. And all of a sudden, like, I guess we're in love yeah, but, now. Yeah, but yeah, but Jeff, did you see? Kids. But you did you did you see how dashing he was? He was dashing. for real though, right? When he smiled a, in that cage and his teeth were all fucked up. I was like, oh goddamn! What, <laughs> what a dashing rogue! I don't even know if I I, I noticed his he's teeth were all solo. fucked up because like, he made that. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. This is like you, you got all like you know Willow's Luke Skywalker. Does that mean less. Willow and Joanne Wally related somehow? Yes. It, man. George yeah. Lucas doesn't stray far from his normal he's, formulas. He's her great 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 grandfather from the future. He went back in time to be a farmer. But did then you he catch to be that scene where Obi Wan Kenobi was chilling in a mountain, <laughs> <laughs> just watching over this shit? Be surprised, man. Omnipresent. Like, 
there probably was some kind of actually i was going to say there probably was some star wars easter egg but he at the time he probably would have made it more blatant like uh remember the opening to indiana jones and the temple of doom when he's in the uh he's in china right and he's in the uh the club mm -hmm. and they have that big music number it's called club obi-wan <laughs> it is what it is man I mean, like I said, that like, look you on your face something... where you were just like, are you fucking serious? Like, no, it is. Go watch the movie again. I wonder how He's many in... baseball bats and dead horses George fucking Lucas has. <laughs> I know. We <laughs> milk the shit out of this for a little while longer. Just starts. Just an empty warehouse full of dead horses and broken baseball bats. <laughs> I'm rich, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, why not? One thing There's I thought that was funny... Those, like, there's enough room for three of those where, warehouses on Skywalker Ranch. Right? <laughs> okay, so one thing that I that I kind of chuckled about... It was stupid, but I was like, just knowing George Lucas, like the pig spell, where she turns all mm -hmm. the soldiers into pigs. It's like, man, yeah. he made Star Wars. And, well, we saw those pigs in oh, the Boba Fett show. In Boba Fett. Right? I'm just like... Gamorreans. You basically turned all those soldiers into brute warriors. Like, what are you doing, man? They so were like that, it was a stupid thought they were, but i was just like that's nah, kind of fucking funny like you know what i thought was you know what i it wasn't supposed to be funny i don't think but i was laughing uh what i have written here of course going for the D, &D reference when basically the two old ladies run out of spell slots when Fizz <laughs> Raz Finn raziel and the queen they just start punching each other these two old women <laughs> like they're just like, oh, no, I, I ran out of magic. Fucking my magic meter's empty. Time to do some kung fu. Right? When your mage <laughs> runs out of fucking spells and they go in with a knife attack, you know you're fucked. It was 60-year-old women. It's oh, just, yeah, that's true. Right? Always. <laughs> always. Yeah, your mage should not be melee attacking. That's not a thing. Oh, man. Well, no. <laughs> and I've said that. I've said that to new people I've DM'd. Like, you're playing the wizard. This, Yeah, there is a short sword on your character sheet. If you're using it, then it means everything's fucked. Yeah, just it, so you know. It it's means like that a, either you're fucking ruining shit for your party, or your party is not very good to you. Like, your party's I, I like, meant, I the meant more like, surround the or being surrounded by enemies. I meant more like, if you run out of magic and have to resort to using your weapon, it means shit's gone up a creek. Oh, I would, yeah, I would think so, right? Like, that's when you're in it, like... <laughs> <laughs> more, more like Anywho. the mage to sit down and start reading a book like i just gotta chill for a bit guys you guys just keep doing your thing yeah no i'll have a rest involved. i did like the amount of animal transformations there were several in this film why were okay so here's here's one question I, I did one thing that threw me off why were the dogs so fantasy like do you know what i mean because it's a fantasy world. I don't know. I call them and it's dogs probably cheap. You know what? Why call it's them probably... dogs and not make them dogs? <laughs> it's probably... I have it written down here. They were called uh, Nokmar Hounds. And I wrote down that they look like... Uh, well, here's kind of a test for you. They look like the R-O-U-S's. Do you remember those? It's from another movie we did. This well, similar to this one. Your face is. Oh is, my! Uh, yeah, my expression right blank. now is drawing a blank. Okay, so you talking about the, the Rouses from bride. the fucking Princess Bride with the before the anuses, or like with the, oh the fire pits. Yeah, yeah, and, like the, and, the, and the big things. rats are there. Yeah, like, like, they had the dude in the rat suit attacking Carriolas. <laughs> they they called them R-O-U-S's. <laughs> yeah. and we're like, why are they calling them that? And then they reveal it. It's, it stands for rodents of unusual size. So they, 
they kind of look like that, but it's like you got yeah, a hell of a memory just, on you, man. Thanks. I just I just take notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you remember them. Yeah, That's the difference. Well, I have I have a great memory, Steve. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I think the answer to your question to get back to like why they made him look all weird and fantasy, like probably to get a bunch of I don't know Rottweilers or something and make them like vicious and running around and like chase it like to get the it's probably easier to just get like a bunch of labradors and put a weird lion mask on them and Fair then enough. just make you don't have to make so, like, them angry and they can still run around be dressed up to be more threatening dogs yeah okay. and then and then you can have them chasing around your your actors of of uh these little people that were in the the nelwyn village and right probably just saves on production costs i don't know yeah and cut right before they start licking the faces of the actors, right? Yeah. That's what I imagine labs do. They probably were just, like, confused, like, why the fuck is this thing on my head? Yeah. And the, the handlers were just like, make them all run in the same direction. And then it's like, okay, we got it. They shot. just blindfold the dogs in the costumes and, like, go! <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Fucking, yeah, just yeah, navigating just, yeah, by Yeah, you can just smell. put some, just put a raw steak at the other end of the set. Yeah, they'll run. Yeah, you're good. That's a, that's super easy. Yeah, that's why they did it. Okay, but I'm going with that. That was in one my of the mind, fucking, that's why they did. There's one thing I was just like, why, why, why call something that's not a dog a dog? You know what I mean? Like it's like well, again with fantasy, you have the opportunity oh, to give it you any just name. Don't you have know. any. They did. They called them Knockmar hounds. Hounds. I get. Well, I guess I associate hounds with dogs. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's my bias. But yeah. either way, it just kind of you know. That, there's, there's really not a lot bad that I could say about the film. It was just, that was one of the things that I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, I was kind of thrown off why they were calling them dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they, well, why? Why not just call them something else? All right. Here's well, another thing good. I liked. I want to get to this in my notes. Is I like that um, that Willow, um, at the beginning of the movie, is like every dad uh, trying to convince his family not to get a pet. <laughs> You know what I mean? When they find this, when they find this Daikini baby, and they're like, "Come on, Dad, can't we keep her?" And he's like, "No, no, because you're not gonna take care of it, and I'm gonna have to train the thing. I'm gonna have to take it out for walks to poop every day, and it's gonna shed hair all over everything." And then, of course, the dad is the one who falls in love with. It. It's like, I can't just abandon this poor thing. <laughs> oh yeah, right. And that's exactly how it is too. Like, when your oh, mom yeah. finally has enough and is like, you know what, kids? We're getting a dog anyway. What's happening 48 hours later? Your dad's like, this dog is is my best friend. I yeah. love this dog more than life itself. I'm going to be devastated when it dies. This dog like, doesn't leave lights on in the rooms when it leaves. <laughs> and it snuggles me all the time. <laughs> you ungrateful little shits. <laughs> yeah. It is true. I've, I've, there, there are countless stories of you see the dads reluctant to get pets fucking snuggling with the pets later on so yeah they end up being the closest one mm-hmm. yeah 100 that's exactly what what happens with willow that's called sharing depression the animal doesn't want to be there the dad doesn't want to be there they're just like let's just get through this together and that's wow man it's dark you're just kind of saying a nice thing and you just brought it to a dark place <laughs> well let's not stop there i can go darker nah i'm good well you want to keep this rated pg pg no, yeah this podcast is not PG. No, it isn't. I, I think you were, in terms of the di- dialogue, like you were saying with George Lucas, yeah. Uh, I got a note here. It's, it, some of it just, like, whatever. The delivery of some lines seems kind of uh, mm-hmm. comical considering the timing. Like, it just kind of seemed like there was some really 
well, cheesily timed phrases, right? Cheese, cheesily timed is a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, what, what, what was that? There's the four guys when they do like the Trojan horse attack, like, oh, there's just two of us, like, bring out your big bad army and we'll, we'll mess you up. And everyone's chirping Willow because they're like, that will never work. You're a military person. You know, that'll never work. But we all know the Trojan horse definitely works. And then the, when everyone it pops out, once. right, when everyone pops out of the ground, the guys are like, oh no, back to the castle. And they start running back to the castle. I looked at it, I was like, come on guys, like a little more emphasis. Like you had one line. You're like, oh, back to the castle. Come like, on, soldier number two, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one for me kind of was like, okay, there's been a few of those, but that one, I have to make a note of that. Like it just... right. So like you had like these epic buildups and it was just like oh no spooky dragon uh, just fucking limp limp wristed delivery on uh, on some important parts I thought uh huh yeah other than that man I don't know I think we hit the ratings yeah that's those were my main points yeah sorry to take that to a dark place man I don't know if I threw you off but uh... yeah <laughs> I'm I'm bummed out now I don't want to do this anymore. Well, let's just give the ratings and get so out of here, so I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, all right, man, you want to go first? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'd actually love for you to go first because I think I've expressed quite a, a fondness for this film based on my nostalgia. So I'm curious to see where you ranked it. Sure. So uh, to summarize, I think I'm pretty set on my opinion of what I do and don't like in this film. Mm -hmm. I like I like the characters and their arcs, Willow especially. I like the world that it's built in. Um, I like the beginning and the end when you're kind of following Willow's story. Um, it feels longer than it is uh, because of that middle part that drags. The brownies are super unnecessary and the, the effects do not hold up. So that's kind of summarizing my thoughts. Um, but I think it's like, it, it's not a total failure. You know what I mean? Like it, it kind of fits the niche of like a cheesy 80s fantasy movie. Um, I think it was fair to give it a 1.16. Oh, Jesus. That's my... No nostalgia rating. This is the this has got to be the widest margin, and I, I blame total Thanks. nostalgia. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Maybe not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close. I gave it a, a two point eight five. Holy and uh, and well, you know me, I'm basing it off of my enjoyment of the film, and I think the nostalgia just hit really hard. Uh, hmm. I think I meant to make it higher. Sorry, I did, uh, to interrupt your rating a little. <laughs> it's a little, good, little bit of a faux pas, but I think I meant to rate it like 1.61. I might have got that backwards, but yeah, it's between a 1 and a 2 for me for sure. Fair enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, it just it, it just hit those notes, man. It was just what I was it was just what I needed at that time, and so I, I really enjoyed watching it. Um it's not it's not a grand slam by any means. Um, but it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Like I said, there's, there's not much to talk about in terms of uh, the negatives. Word. I mean, uh, the, the worst part was is that uh, it lost a cocktail for worst screenplay. It's Tom Cruise is a legend. But legendary, <laughs> legendary, bad movie guy. Yeah, bad screenplay guy. I don't know. That was uh, supposed whatever. to be clever. It Fuck wasn't. It. I apologize. Edit edit button <laughs> yeah no one will overhear this well i think that'll wrap it up man so uh thank yeah. you everybody for tuning into the blade box office you can find our podcast on itunes spotify anchor pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast you will find us 
Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and tune in next week for Lethal Weapon. Catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.